0: This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of mrschristyjones.com, episode number 86. In today's episode, I'm talking about the interesting topic of step-parenting. My special guest is Hariatu Dumboya, a first-time stepmom who shares her relationship story and the highs and lows on her journey to step-parenting. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo, welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. I'm really excited about today's episode because it's the first time we are talking about step parenting, and I have a special guest. She is a wife and a stepmom of eight years. She is an author and social entrepreneur. Her background is in marketing and PR. She has been a professional in the sports industry for over 19 years. Her true passion is to help and serve athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs. She has a huge heart for women and loves empowering them to live life full out. She travels all over the world and teaches others how to live a life full of fun, fulfillment, and financial freedom. Please help me welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast, Hariatu Dumboya.
1: Hariatu, I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you so much for being on the Wife Wisdom Podcast.
2: I am more than excited. I I felt like blessed and honored when you asked me. I'm like, yes, I have (laughs) been (laughs) waiting. Right, right.
1: So great. And so I'm really excited about this topic, what we're going to talk about, not only because this is the first time I'm really talking about it on the Wife System podcast, but I think there's so many women, moms who are dealing with this and the ups and downs of step parenting are real. And I'm a step parent myself. And so, um, but I didn't you know, I would love to for you to share your story so we can really get into the meat of this and how we can really support and help our listeners through this same roller coaster, potential roller coaster ride, right? Yeah, <laughs> so how yeah, yes. Yeah, tell us about your experience.
2: For sure, for sure. Well, I'll, I'm going to start with like how how I, I came into stepmommyhood. Okay, um, sure. So my husband and I um, actually started dating when the mother of his child was pregnant with our daughter. So um, that is a very weird time to start dating somebody. And you guys don't <laughs> judge me, right? Um, but it's some, he's actually somebody that I've known for years. I didn't date, but, like, I've known him for years. And I even remember when he was talking to me about, you know, somebody was pregnant. And it's crazy because at the time that, like, I found out, I wasn't even thinking, like, oh, we're going to be in some long-term relationship. So, like, my friend. And it's crazy to think that, you know, you, you decide that, ooh, this is somebody I want to be with when they have a package coming along.
0: <laughs> but right. we
2: did. We started dating. And um, we dated for pretty much the entire pregnancy. And to tell you that it was a roller coaster, that's like an understatement. Um, there was just tons of emotions from him, even from me. Um, I'm not an insecure person at all, but I found myself becoming a little bit insecure, um, I wanted him to be able to be there for her. You know, if she had doctor's appointments, I wanted him to be there. I mean, you don't want to be with somebody that's potentially going to show you that they have the traits of not being a good father. So I'm like, go do that. But little things would get in my head, like, girl, are you doing the right thing? Tell him to go be over here when you know that you guys are together. Um, But my heart, you know, I led with my heart, and my heart was like, do what's right. And whatever's supposed to happen with the two of you will. And so, yeah, so we had an up-and-down first year of dating. And um, actually, one month after my daughter was born, we broke up. And um, it was too much for me. Like, I realized that his emotions were tied into her emotions. And if they got in a fight, that meant we were in a fight. And if I had a bad day, I couldn't talk to him about my bad day because he already was having a bad day because of her. And I'm like this is no way to have a relationship. You know, Mm. you can't, I could never be excited. Um, And so, yeah, we broke up and we kind of went our separate ways. And um, I actually moved to Europe for about nine months. Wow. Uh, I started a basketball agency, traveled around Europe, and just kind of found myself because I knew that if I would have stayed, I would have gone back and forth with our relationship and we would have hated each other. And I'm like, Mm. I don't want to be in that place, so we'll get back to being friends at some point. But right now, I'm going to go like get back to me. So we did. I did that. Um, spent some time overseas. Enjoyed my time overseas. Came home, and um, he was so different. You know, like we talked a little bit while I was overseas, but I was really consumed in my work, and I was really just happy finding myself again because the time that she was pregnant, I really, I really devoted. A lot of my time to thinking about what he was going to need to do like my husband is awesome now but when we were dating he was still like a kid mentally right so Mm. I'm like coming up with a bank account like I started a bank account for our daughter before she was born I did all these things like I was registering for different things because I'm like she's gonna have to have two sets of everything I was doing all of that while we dated which took away so much time for me So when I spent all that time finding me, I was happy, came home. He was, when I say drastically different, you know, that they're like, guys, don't change. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if it's necessarily they don't change or they just, they grow. When they're ready to grow, they grow. So, yeah, so I came home and we became friends again because we hadn't been friends for a while because we were just dating and not friends. And we became friends again and it so happened, yeah, we ended up getting married and Yeah, that's my, that's my beginning part of mommyhood. So I've literally, I've been married for now seven and a half years. My daughter is 11, but I've been pretty much in her life since she was born. You know, Mm -hmm. like I've been around, I've known her. So like I'm the, I'm a fixture in her life from, from the, the beginning of her lifetime. Like I was definitely around for that. So that is, that's how it started. Um, From there, you know, we got married, and we had some issues with the mother of his child. Um, She was not a huge fan of me, and Mm -hmm. I'd say up until, it's so crazy, Chrissy, up until two years ago, it was all day walking on eggshells. Wow. Um, I know. (laughs) Um, So I never knew what version of her I would get. Um, I was always super conscious because I'm like, my daughter doesn't call me mom. I haven't had her call me mom because that was like one of the big issues that she thought that in her mind I wanted to take her child. And I'm like, Mm. I just want to help him be prepared and, you know, live in our family. Um, So, yeah, I don't have my daughter call me mom. Um, Mm. You know, I'm her hottie. That's what it is, like. Mm. That's my hottie, you know, so, (laughs)
1: um,
2: so we've, we've lived a life like that. And, you know, we, we both are very aware. Uh, and when I say we both, my daughter and I are very aware of how her mom feels about me and like how things have changed and evolved. Her mom is very vocal to her. So she, she knows like what to say and not to say, um, she had, like, a period in her time where she couldn't even take clothes home that I bought her, like her mom would ask, mm. who bought that for you? And, mm. yeah, so she couldn't bring stuff home. So when I tell you we've gone through some stuff, girl, we've literally gone mm. through stuff up and grown, you know, and grown. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you the one thing that I could say that I'm so thankful of is that I never let my emotions get the best of me and retaliate because I I didn't grow up seeing stepmoms and stepdads. Like, where I grew up, all my friends' parents were married until we went to high school. Like, there weren't mm-hmm. single parents where I grew up, right? So when I came and moved here to Detroit, I started seeing there was a lot of, you know, single parents, and I saw their interactions mm-hmm. with you know, other people that came into their kids' lives. And I just vowed, and this was years ago, I vowed I'm never going to sink to that level. Like, no matter Mm -hmm. what happens, you know, I'm not going to be the person because your kid knows. Like, my daughter would know if I fought with her mom. My daughter would know if I spoke negatively about her mom. She would know that. And when she became older, she would feel a different kind of way about me. When you're a kid, it's okay. When you get older, That's when you look back and you're like, Mm. dang, she wasn't being the adult that she should have been. So I had told myself for real, I was like, no matter what happens, no matter what she does to me, I'm just going to like, if I have to just move away, like separate myself, I rather do that than fight with her.
1: Mm. So
2: my daughter always says that too. She's like, you've never yelled about my mom, never said anything mean about my mom. Like I boost her mom up probably, well, it's not probably more than my husband does because I'm like, My daughter needs to know that you don't have to be best friends with somebody to respect them. Like, Mm. you've got to be that person that no matter what, you're still you. Like, nobody takes you outside of you. And even when I would want to scream and go crazy, I would do that in my room by myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I would come out Mm -hmm.
1: like, we're good. We're good. (laughs) Wow, that is so awesome. What an amazing story, right? And for you to even (sighs) – you know after you know travel the world and and leave the the country to really discover yourself, I think that's a, such a valuable piece of healing, especially after a breakup and mm-hmm. I think you said you came back and he was a completely different person, well, you were too right yeah um for sure so I just think that that's awesome, and we live in a in a society where I was the same way you know where parents didn't get divorced. You know, there weren't a whole bunch of single parents and growing up. And so, but now we live in a society where this is very prevalent, where there's, you know, step parenting is a big issue. And especially if you are a part of a family where there's baby mama drama, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah. What, what can you share? Like how did you handle the, the insecurity and even the, the baby mama drama that you experienced with your daughter's mother? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's I think
2: that it's layers to it, right? So the very beginning, um, and, you know, ladies and even gents that are listening to this, I don't hide anything about my relationship. You know, when I dated my husband, um, one of the reasons why I just – it was too much for me is because – there was some like infidelity along the way. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I already had a little bit of insecurity with him, which was the craziest thing is that I had never experienced it. I mean, I was, you know, girls have so many different relationship problems and it's funny because me and my sisters always talk about, we're like, I never experienced that. I don't know what that's like. It was the first time I had experienced it and I never told anybody like none of my girlfriends knew Mm-hmm. But when um, when the young lady was pregnant, I still wasn't, like, feeling anything because we weren't, we weren't really serious. So as we became more serious, then you pay attention to different things. I started to see things. That insecurity was probably worse than the insecurity that I had with the mother of his child.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: it, it seeped into it. Because I'm like, if it would be like that over here, it could be like that over here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't think that it can. And so because I never talked to anybody, it was just me. It was me going through all of it because I was always the strong girl. I was the girl that always told you, like, if he ain't treating you, girl, you got to get out of there. You know, I'm that girl. Mm-hmm. So I never could tell my friends what was going on. Um, and so I spent a lot of time for real. because, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I cried mm-hmm. a lot. I remember nights when he would be knocked out sleeping next to me, and I'm sure every woman can relate. He'd be knocked out after he just hurt my feelings, and I'm laying in the bed crying because I can't go to sleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mm-hmm. used to be so bad. like, why can't you sleep?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: And I'm going through this, you know, like they're done with the situation when it happened. Like we talked about it, we're done. And I'm like, no. So mm-hmm. um, I, I had to spend a lot of time like writing things down to get it out because I couldn't talk to anybody about it. Like I was too embarrassed to talk Mm. to anybody about it. And I do think ultimately what made us break up was the insecurities that I felt. Um, I I set up a meeting with me and her. You know, when him and I decided that we're going to be serious, serious, um, I set up a meeting with her and I kept telling him, I want to meet her. Like,
0: I want Mm -hmm. her to know that
2: I'm not competing with her. Like, I don't have no problems with her. Like, I didn't have any ill will or malice or anything. And he Mm -hmm. kept making it like, she doesn't want to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, we don't get Mm -hmm. choices right now. We're in each other's lives. And so, you know, I don't know if I was right or wrong in doing this, but I got her number and we met. And Mm -hmm. we met at a store, or not a store, I'm sorry, at a restaurant. And when we were meeting at the restaurant. Um, I told her this. I said, listen. I've known him for years. We haven't dated for years, but I've known him for years. And I said, me and you can't compete against each other because he's going to choose who he wants no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like it does not matter what either one of us do. And I was telling her this because I knew his life prior to us dating. So I go, Mm -hmm. no matter what we do, he's going to choose. And it might not be either one of us. Mm -hmm. But the worst thing that we could do is make it easy for him. So what makes it easy for him is us hating each other because now Mm. he can run between the two of us, right, because we don't like each other. So we are not blaming each other. Like I talked to her that way. Like, girl, this was like a, like, girl, I got you moment. And I thought things were so awesome after that. Like we we sat down, we talked, and I I remember I came home and I was like, she's not that bad because he had told me all sorts of stuff about her. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to hear that. Because you decided to have a kid with her, so, like, she can't be that Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to figure out, like, what it was. And really, Chrissy, we sat down and had this meeting. At the the end of the meeting, I found out some things, like, maybe just, like, some discrepancy in things that you told me. But at the end of the meeting, I felt good. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that I was brave enough to do that, Mm -hmm. and I didn't do Mm -hmm. it from a bad place. Like, I wasn't trying to be like, this is my man, don't call him. It was, I gave her my number and said, If you ever need something and he doesn't answer because he'll run away. If things get tough, he'll run away. I got you. Like, that's how we left the meeting. I had told her I started a bank account. I said, he's not in the bank account. I'm going to give you access to the bank account. I'm going to take money from him and put it in there. Like, it was, I felt so good when I left and I came home and I told him, I'm like, she's not crazy. Like, I was Mm. telling him all this stuff, girl. And then one week later. That's when the phone call started, and she went from us being super cool while we talked to, you guys are going to try to steal my baby.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, it just flipped. It flipped. It flipped like crazy, and all the stuff that he said, I'm like, okay, maybe she's a little bit not together right now, and it could be Mm -hmm. the kid that's making her like that, or maybe this is her. Um, But it's crazy. All of that started making me more and more insecure because – I would travel for work, and she would say stuff like, you know, I was over there. And I knew, like, I would tell him, like, go with her to the hospital, to the doctor. I would Mm -hmm. tell him to do all these things. But when you're gone, and then somebody Mm -hmm. dribbles that on you, you just start thinking all sorts of things, you know, and turns into all these different fights and that insecurity for me, it changed the person that I was, and I didn't like who I was, so when you're talking about getting away and finding yourself like if I hadn't done that, I would have been on such a destructive path you know like i would have I would have kept going back to craziness and I would have never been able to trust i would have I would have done all these things to myself that wouldn't have allowed me to flourish as a human, and I don't know how in the world I figured that out. I don't know what was the trigger that made me say like you need to get yourself away so that you can be normal because I've never had been insecure. And I've, I've dated NFL players, you know, I've worked in the NFL, so I've nice. dated people that could have made me insecure, but it wasn't hmm. that. It was like the situation. It was, it was maybe even where I was in life. Maybe I liked him more than anybody else. So I was more vulnerable. Hmm. Um, I, maybe I just felt less in control Like, I was always in control of all my relationships,
1: and everybody Mm -hmm. that I was ever
2: with, they liked me more. So Mm -hmm. this was the first time that I was, like, maybe having a fight, and I'm like, I don't like this feeling. Um, So, yeah, the insecurity, I can't say one thing that got me over it, but honestly, me finding me again. And it's going to be different. You know, everybody is different, but I would not have been able to if I would have stayed here in Michigan because there was too many things that we did together. Like, we didn't live together, but we were together all the time. So it's very easy when you miss somebody just to, like, hit them back up and and then throw yourself back into that fire. So I became me again, became more secure again when I took myself away and I realized that I was doing things that didn't make me proud. You know, like, I found myself wanting to go through his phone. And when you get to the Mm -hmm. point where you want to go through somebody's phone, it's not even the act of going through their phone it's the fact that you want to yeah and when you want to and then you want to for an extended period of time you're going to do it and when you mm-hmm. do it becomes really weird and addicting yeah and even if nothing is in there the first two times you'll dig so hard that you find something and then you yeah. hang on to that something and i think that's what that's that's definitely what exacerbated my insecurities was I started for sure. going through the phone. I started like, I started trying to find things. I started trying to tell myself like, no, this is not a good idea. Don't do this. You know, and so <clears throat> I'll just say that the, the best thing to get over for me to get over the insecurities that I had was for me to go find myself and realize that in whatever situation, it's not the situation that makes you insecure, it's you. Like, mm-hmm. it's your mindset behind it. It doesn't matter what else is going on. You're allowing it to get you to that point. And I couldn't do that in the situation. I had to get mm-hmm. far out of the situation. And when I was far out of it, I came home not feeling that that wouldn't bother me at all. Like, I could still be cool with you at this point, but I, I don't have any piece of me that would would be able to digest any more insecure thoughts? That's that was kind of how I came back. Um, so I don't know if that answered the question, but I, I I think the best way for me, for real, is just
1: I didn't like remember who I was, girl. I had forgotten. Now this is why you were <laughs> married, right? This no, before you. This is this was before you were married. This was all before I was married. I wouldn't have got married if I was insecure with it. Right. Okay. Great. And so when you became when you did marry him you had this is was after you found you after you had yes. done the work okay great mm-hmm. and so once you got married and then you were an instant parent it was was it was the you know sometimes when you're a parent of a child that isn't necessarily yours that you birthed it's there's such a fine line of really defining how to discipline how to love how to you know structure how to communicate how to really be in and interact with the child so did you have any things any struggles with that and if so how did you overcome
2: them Tons of struggles. Um, So the mother of his child was not a fan of me at all, obviously. And um, probably the first five years of her life, the first five years were the worst. Um, Even just picking her up from her mom's, like she just couldn't take it. She couldn't take seeing me. And so I never disciplined my child um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't want the problems. You know what I mean? Like, I would just Mm -hmm. tell him, if there was something wrong, I would just tell him, because I'm like, I don't want any of these problems. I remember one time, my daughter, she might have been six years old, right? And she was like, you know, little girls are sassy, right? Well, I'm super uncomfortable when little girls try to act like older girls, because there's so, so many crazies in this world, right? So I remember my daughter, she kept, we were taking pictures, and she kept putting her hand on her hip, but... The way she put her hand on her hip, she poked her hip out. Now, for some people, that's not like a big deal. But Mm -hmm. for me, it just looked a little too grown. So Mm -hmm. I just said, that's not how you'll take pictures with me.
1: Like, you're a little
2: girl. You don't need to have your hand on your hip and poking your hip out. I didn't like it. And, I mean, maybe I was going far over for it, but whatever. So I told her that. And we didn't, I didn't, like, reprimand her. I just told her, like, this is how I felt about it. And she said, well, when I'm with my mom, and that's what she used to do to me all the time. When I'm with my mom, and I would always have to remind her, like, you're not mm-hmm. with your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, kids will test you. <laughs> so For sure. she would say, when I'm with my mom, I could do this. And I said, well, sweetheart, when you're with your mom, do that. When you're with hottie and daddy, don't do that. And I told her dad, like I told her what I said, and we, it wasn't, I didn't raise my voice at her, I wasn't mad at her, it was like, okay, girl, don't do that anymore, blah, 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 we keep moving. Well, she went home to her mom a couple of days later, and I remember that next week we went to pick my child up, and we went to pick her up, her mom came out, so normally she would just send her daughter to the door, we would pick her up and bring her home, her mom came to the, do- came out and came to my door with the two of us in the car. We we're going to take her to the zoo that day. So we're in the car and she knocks on my window. And I mean, we don't speak. Like if she messages mm. me, she messages crazy stuff. So I wasn't speaking to her. I had blocked mm-hmm. her number. She knocked on my door, but Chrissy, she had a freaking hammer, <gasps> a hammer oh. in a bag. It was in a bag, but I didn't know what it was like. I'm still, like, looking at her, like, what is this girl doing? So she's knocking. And um, I rolled the window down a little bit. I said, what's up, girl? She goes, do not ever tell my daughter what to do. I'm wow. like, huh? Like, I didn't even know what she was angry about, though. I'm like, what? She's like, you told her not to put her hand on her hip. And I'm like, something that small. So wow. she went crazy. We had to call the police, everything. So I say, I said that story. To let you know that mm-hmm. disciplining was not something I was going to do.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. got I mad
2: about me telling your daughter to not put her hand on her hips so she doesn't look grown,
0: I can't mm-hmm. tell her
2: anything, you know. And so mm-hmm. um, I just really didn't discipline her. I just, and it would be very frustrating because if somebody's in your house, they're in your house, and yeah. there are certain things that are okay and not okay, and you know what it did was it caused issues with me and my husband because. I wouldn't want to have to go to him for everything, so I just would not say anything, and by the time my daughter left, I was in a bad mood, Mm
0: because I'm like,
2: who wants to have a kid around them? Even when I babysit my friend's kids, I discipline them, you Mm -hmm. know, but the child that is in our house that we're feeding, we're taking care of, I can't even say anything to her, and my husband is completely and totally conflict avoidant, so. Uh, Okay he is not trying to have no problems with the mother of his child, with me, Mm -hmm. with nothing. And so his best way to do that is to just not talk. Mm -hmm. So we had such a tumultuous time because I'm frustrated. I tell you that I'm frustrated. You're like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, talk to the mom about it. And he's like, I'm not talking to her. Like, There's nothing for me to talk to her about. So it was, it just got to the point where I just learned, okay, girl, you're not, unless it's like really bad, you're not disciplining her. Like, I don't have any time for it. Um, Yeah. And so how I overcame um, that is, and this is not the best way, but I have to just tell you what I did. Like, I just started separating myself a little bit. Granted, we're in the same house, but, you know, with my career, I travel a lot. Um, So I was gone a lot. You know, I know the days we have her and the days that we don't have her and as much as I love her. I just realized I wasn't in control of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I had no say in the relationship. I had no say in when I saw her because we were supposed to have our certain days court appointed. But if the mom didn't feel like bringing her a day or two, it didn't matter. And I would go through, you know, being a fun mom, I want to set up things for the summer. Mm -hmm. I'm like coming up with all these different things that I was like, man, I wish I could have done with my mom, but she was working Mm -hmm. too much. And, because I have this time freedom, I want to do it. I would set up everything, Christy, and then I would get a text from my husband like, "She's not coming this
1: week." Wow.
2: And it just got to that point where I was like, "Man, you're throwing yourself in the fire again.
1: Like mm. your
2: your emotions are so up and down because you don't know. I mean, just like it's like it's like a kid waiting on their parent, the parent doesn't come.
1: Mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm. to the
2: point where you're like." okay I'm not waiting on this parent if they ever show up they show up but I just did I didn't want to get too close to her so you know after her fifth birthday or maybe sixth birthday mind you I was not allowed to go to any of those um Mm. I just got to the point where I'm like she's not really my kid and I would have never ever imagined feeling that way like I've always said it's you know, it's my child. Like people don't know that it's a stepchild until I have to, I they're like, God, I didn't know you had a kid. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's my stepkid. I always call her my kid. And so then I found myself calling myself a stepmom because I'm like, mm-hmm. I just got to separate my emotions and feelings. I got to stay away. I got to get myself in check. And so guess, guess what that did? It caused more problems in our marriage because mm-hmm. then my, my, my husband was like, you're not even a mom, like you're around other people's kids. And I'm like, cause I love kids. Like I want to take kids with me. I want to take kids to my meetings. I want to teach kids about business. I want to take them on trips, but I can't do that with our kid. I'm going to do it with whoever's kid is here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it just took time and, and the only way we overcame that was the mom being okay. Wow. And now I can like, you know, it's, she's 11. So for the last couple of years, I've been able to like discipline her more. But what I found out that I have to do, which is still very annoying, but whatever. I text her mom if something happens. And I tell her like, you know, what were the ramifications of it? Like, yeah. hey, your daughter lied. So this is what happened. Um, wow. Yeah, so we still do that. You know, she's 11. And I still do that with her because I just realized, like, if I don't, I cause more problems in my life, my husband's
1: life, our marriage. So, Mm. yeah, I report a lot. (laughs) Wow. Right, (laughs) right, (laughs) report. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think this is such a classic example of how – Literally, the the attitude, the approach, the communication, just even the safe space that, that all parties can create, because I've heard this story so many times where the mother or the daughter's mother or the son's mother is – highly, highly insecure, they don't like the new wife, they don't like the new situation, they're bitter, they're angry, and they are manipulative with the children, you know, so that they're not even able to engage in just a happy, healthy relationship with their dad. Right with the um, dad and his new wife or new family. And mm-hmm. so then that creates the discomfort with the dad and the new wife. And there's so many dads who are conflict-averse who are like, oh, let me just try to push it under the rug and not say anything. And then it causes a discomfort with the new wife and just the dynamic in the family is just all off because of the energy and it's just so – much, but it could be completely different if the husband the father, the dad were to be you know you know really help set the boundaries you will mm. not treat my wife like this you will allow you know what I mean like they're that they don't avoid it they don't ignore it because that creates more problems in the in the blended family really and then because if the dad were to set an example or set boundaries with the with the child's mom what are they going to do they're either going to you know, have to get a court appointed, but there's some level of leadership and direction in the blended family. And I've just heard so many stories like this, where it is, and it was unnecessary, you know, it was unnecessarily Mm -hmm. long, like it was an, an unnecessary journey, because it because the husband didn't step in and lead or just take ownership of just the blended family situation because they either don 't like confrontation or you know they just didn 't know what to say because again it 's a very weird dynamic it's un- it 's uncomfortable sometimes it 's unusual but i've seen the flip side too where the the the, the child 's mom is like you, Hottie, Like, hey, let's do this together. Let's, you know, where there's no competition here. We're here to to make sure that we can co-parent the best way we can, and every and the and the child is the priority, right? Mm-hmm. Not. Me or the dad or the husband, I mean, the wife or the, or the mom or the dad, but the child is a priority. And I think when that is missed, when that is, no longer is the priority, the mom becomes the priority and her insecurity, her bitterness, anger, whatever, for why the dad left her, why she's a single parent or whatever, becomes more of the priority. And then everyone ends up getting hurt in the process. So, how. What can you say that you've learned over the last literally even 11 years with your, you know, when you had to take time to find yourself, you've had to, you've distanced yourself because you were frustrated and you just couldn't even, I mean, the littlest things, like don't put your hand on your hip, like you couldn't say anything to her. What can you share with that Mom, that step parent who is finds herself in a very frustrating situation like you, where you're like, where they're like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even want to do it. I don't even want to be around. What can you say to encourage them not to to give up, not to totally distance themselves from the situation until it goes away?
2: Well, I think that you said it. <clears throat> Having the mindset that the child is the number one priority, mm. and you know, that's what had to happen with me. You know, he, my husband was like, you're not around. And I explained to him why I wasn't around. He's like, yeah, but that's not fair, like, to her. Mm-hmm. And I also would say, and this is mimicking again what you said, if I had to do this all over again, mm-hmm. I would have made my husband somehow, some way, set those boundaries.
1: Because
2: yeah. I allowed him to not. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't want us to be fighting anymore. You know, I just, I didn't feel like having to deal with it. And I'm like, that's just him. Well, just because that's how somebody is, doesn't mean it's right. Right. And I allowed that. I did, you know, and I didn't make him grow up to his situation. Mm -hmm. So if I was to do it again, I would say, no, right at the beginning, I would say you set the boundaries right now. The three of us sit down, let's talk about it. You know, it's not going to be me and her having a conversation. It's the three of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he does not like her as a person. Like, there's nothing about the mom that he likes. He respects her as his child's mom, but he doesn't So like I end up communicating with her sometimes more than he will because he does not like to talk to her. But I said, you made this decision, not me. Like, right. you chose this years ago, 12 years ago, you chose this as the mother of your child. Mm-hmm. So it's not my responsibility. And so for the ladies that are going through this, like, you got to talk to your man and let him know, like, look, I'm here, but you got to do your part. Right. Like, it's so important for that to happen. And then you have to remind yourself of what you're doing to that child. And I realize that I'm a different kind of individual. And I believe that any child will be blessed with being around somebody like me and having an influence like me in their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when we do birth children, I hope that my child has aunties that have different views than I do that can share with my children. And so if you're thinking like, I I just want to throw the towel in, remind yourself that you're committed to the kid too. Wow. Like you're a fixture in this child's life and you can't do anything about it. You know, they're here and they didn't choose to be here in this situation. And so if you at times have to be the only adult that's thinking about the kid, you got to do that. And I had to get myself back to that point because I felt like that at the beginning and then when everything mm. happened, I'm like, mm, this is not my kid. Like, I'm doing way right. too much. Like, I said it is, but it's not really. And then I had to remind myself of who I am. And, you know, Chrissy, one of the things I've learned through your podcast and just being around you is that you have to take ownership. Mm. And, you know, what however you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And so if you run away from this situation, there's going to be another tough situation that comes in your life. And, you got to figure out, like, what are the things that you've learned along the way? How can you help somebody else through the process along the way? And mm-hmm. that's, for me, what will bring me back, you know? And it's very easy to want to step away because we still go through things 11 years later. You know, mm-hmm. now we're we're much better. The mother and I will go out to eat sometimes, you know? I bought her a Mother's Day gift every single Mother's Day. She's never done anything for me. I call her for her birthday. Like I do all of the stuff still that she'll never do. My child sees it, yeah. And I really want to teach my child that because what I know for sure is that, and my my child's mother is a great mom, right? What I know for sure is that their household is ruled by emotions. And I'm, I'm positive that my child has seen so many different situations play out and she hasn't seen somebody be the bigger person. Mm-hmm. And that is not a treat that I want her to have.
0: Mm-hmm. I want
2: her to be able to see it and still know that there is another way around it. And, you know, I don't let my daughter buy me like Mother's Day gifts or anything like that. I make her write me notes. And, you know, these last two years, the notes have been very telling as to, what I've been able to give her, like, can I buy her stuff? Yes. Financially, we can get her whatever she wants. So she gets stuff. That's cool. She did not mention one of the things that we've gotten her. What she said is, like, thank you for keeping me level-headed. Like, to have
1: mm.
2: a 10-year-old right. say thank you for keeping me level-headed, that lets you know that you're doing something right, you know? So the times that I, like, would be frustrated or I felt undervalued, and, you know, my husband is not the best at um, thanking me for being a mom, you know, like, that's not, I mean, for years he didn't get me anything for Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. so he would, his mind just would never go there, Um, that would bring me back, like, just getting a note from her to say, like, what value did I add in your life, and at this point, that's what would always bring me joy with her, that's what will always Mm -hmm. make me thankful that when I was fading and I was fading, like, for sure. I was really just, you know, you compartmentalize. Mm
1: -hmm. If something burns
2: you, you're like, I'm not touching it. Yeah. So I taught myself to do that. And I'm so happy that I came back because I would have missed out on like the joys of her, like getting to like lay in bed with her and laugh. You know, now we're in the house a lot (laughs) and she's able to like, She's 11, and she just did crochet in my hair, and she's never done it before. But we, like, mm-hmm. we're on YouTube, and we did that together. And, you know, had I not come back, we wouldn't have that relationship where we could lay in bed till 3 in the morning and talk about nothing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, she could tell me stuff, and she's like, listen, my mom and dad don't know this, but I'm going to tell you this. And I can give her advice where she's not listening to the nonsense from school. She doesn't have to get mm-hmm. reprimanded by her so parents. Good. It's almost like an auntie. So, yeah. like, now I went from feeling like I had the worst role because I'm like, I'm undervalued, I'm not appreciated, I have no mm-hmm. say, to now I'm like, man, I get to give her the best advice and she'll listen. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that she acts with her mom, you know, the sassiness, she's 11 and she's already had her menstrual cycle for the last two years. So, mm-hmm. just imagine the hormones and the attitude, the stuff that her mom gets. I never get that. Mm-hmm. I get her trying like if she messes up or does something wrong I don't have to yell at her her feelings are so hurt you know when you can see like because I'll just tell her I'm disappointed like I don't have to do the 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 horrible parts that parents got to do every parent has to yell at their kid maybe have to smack their hand but there's so many pieces of parenthood that you don't want to do like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be mean to you but you're making me I love that I don't have to do that like so I went from being frustrated that I couldn't do it so now being at the point where I'm like, thank God I don't have to do that, man. Like, wow. so she now makes me question, do I really want to have a kid? Like, I got a good job here. Like, she goes home sometimes, so, like, I get a break. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I lose? I got all the joys of having a kid without having to have, like, I didn't have to go through the pregnancy or the labor. And that's my little sunshine. So it started out very gloomy, for real, you know. I, I mean, and I feel every mom that's been through and they've had to deal with the drama from the mother of the child, like, I, if I told you all the stories, we'd be here all day. But I'll tell you, on the flip side, it's not the thing, it's the way you look at the thing. So, like, mm. I don't have the short end of the stick, you know? Like, I'm the one that actually, I got the best deal out of all of them. As a mom and dad, I got the best deal. Like I mm. still get to do the things that I want to do. I get to have fun with her. I get to I get to have the intimate conversations with her that she can't have with them because it would be more of judging as a parent. Like it's more of like, I respect this lady. I remember having an auntie that I could tell everything to because my mom, I mm. couldn't. And mm. I get to have that role now. So the trials and tribulations, yes, they're there. There's nothing. And I promise you in a year, I'll probably have something else crazy that happened. But me just getting this time, being quarantined and being able to just, like, talk to her, learn her more, I get to see the impact that I've had. And so women that are on here, you don't realize the impact that you have on a child's life. you got to know that kids are spending so much time at school listening to all sorts of nonsense along the way. When they're with their parents, they're not with their parents because they're on the phone. They're doing Mm -hmm. all these different things. And so you might be the only person that that child tells the truth to. You Mm -hmm. might be the one person that pulls them out of a very bad situation. You know? And that to me is everything. Like, I love that. Like, I could talk to her in such a way that I'm like, I would not be able to do this if I was your birth mom because I would have to be talking to you from a reprimanding point. But now I could say, what did we learn? Let's talk mm-hmm. through this. Let's figure it out. These people are bothering you. Let's figure out what we need to do to make it better. Like, I feel that I get to have the different voice that I was like, I don't want that voice.
1: Now I'm like, I love this voice. So Wow. That's yeah, thank awesome. You. Scary, thank yes, you. that is so great. I love when you said it's not the thing, it's how you look at the thing. And I think I really just appreciate you sharing just some of your journey and the ups and downs of parent, step parenting and how to really incorporate it into your life in, a, in an amazing way, all just based on not only your experience, but your, your commitment to, to wanting to have the best experience with her and as a stepmom step in this process. So, thank you so much, Hadi, for sharing your, your journey with us today. I appreciate you being here. And just any final words or thoughts that you want to share? Um, I don't think I have anything else that I want to share outside of, you
2: know, you've got to remember in our roles, no matter what, whether you're a biological parent, um, a step-parent, whatever, you know, when you have the parent role in a child's life is that no matter what you go through with anybody around you, that you have to have the child at your forefront. You know, the way the world has gone and is going, kids don't have tons of positive influences in their life, and they have so much access to technology and so much access to TV and things that give them a false sense of what life really is, and you got to remember they are number one. So in your decision-making processes – um, pay attention to that, you know, and it 's unfortunate that parents' feelings get hurt, but that 's what you signed up for and I truly believe that sometimes people forget that like a kid mm. didn 't choose to be here, you chose to have a kid, and so wow. no matter how hard it gets how hard how how upset you get, your whole focus has to be how am I doing things to make things better for this child so that would be it, and i 'm just thankful that you put together this platform because people need to hear, you know, you don't know that what you're going through, everybody else goes through and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I would say with what's going on in the world today, the most important thing is that we find ways to bring light and love. Like we find ways to, to find a rainbow at the end of the storm mm-hmm. and see how we can make relationships better. So if there's any lady that's listening to this right now and, you're dealing with it right now. It's in your house right now. And, you know, we all know, as the ladies, we know, we're hard to deal with. So, like, young <laughs> girls going through puberty, maybe, um, you know, this is a time that you'll have more time with them to just talk and tell them what you felt and what you, why you're doing what you're doing and how much you actually love them because so many kids don't even realize how loved they are. They don't realize that mm-hmm. decisions are being made out of love. So use this time mm-hmm. for that.
1: Wow, so good. Well said, sis. Thank you so much again for joining. You're just an amazing light and an amazing example of light and love. Continue to do that in everything that you do. And so I appreciate you so much for taking the time to just to be a guest on today's episode and just cannot wait to
0: connect and collaborate
1: with you in so many ways going forward.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart, and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.